more nitrates. That's amazing. <laughs> of course I'll sit still. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's Spearsy here. And Brad in LA. And today we listen to your suggestions for the weirdest covers of 80s classics. But that's how it goes. The millions of people leaving us Stuck in the 80s turns 15 years old this month. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and via our website at www.sit80s.com. Nation, a few weeks ago we had a letter from uh, Lynn with three ends in Nebraska. I think you, you have to count Nebraska for there to be three ends, right? Um, I forget what his last name is. <laughs> Just say yes. Yes, Steve. Obviously. You're right, <laughs> as always. <laughs> and Lynn wanted to know, he asked us a please, please tell us now question. What were our picks for the weirdest cover songs of an 80s tune that we've ever heard? And it got us to thinking, uh... I didn't know any really at the time. You had a good answer, but we bet that a lot of other people out there had better answers. Yes, we know that we know what we know and we know what we don't know. And we know what you know, you know? Now that I've confused Steve, he'll be in the corner for a while figuring that out. Let me talk to you for a minute. Obviously, we decided that the right way to get through this was to remember our uh, Mark Twain and have you guys paint the fence for us. So we're letting the listeners do the work this week. And we have five crazy cover songs that will honestly, they're going to confound, amaze, and disturb you. Disturb mainly. Actually, we had so many suggestions that we're going to do a part one and a part two. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a part three and four. But for today, five songs only. And then we're going to take a week off for a midsummer vacay. And then we'll come back with our 15th anniversary show. Woo-hoo. And then, and only then, will we bring you part two of this amazing series. Hey, isn't it time for a commercial break? Where are those crazy, by that I mean stupid, video game sound effects? News flash: We are no longer part of that podcast network. As of today, no more ads for boner pills. No more ads about the betting lines for the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Spoiler alert, Joey Chestnut won again. 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. I can't even figure out an adjective for that. I probably haven't had 75 hot dogs in the last 20 years total. I've probably had 14 hot dogs in the last 20 minutes, but that's beside the point. Well, that's, you're just warming up, I know. 
We know the ads are probably not your cup of tea, so we're planning something a little different, something we hope is a little more classy and palatable, like a hot dog. Wait, no, not like a hot dog. <laughs> I would be okay with a hot dog sponsorship, to be honest. Is it but, a good uh, hot dog, or is it we've like got a, a plan. chicken dog? <laughs> no. Oh, God, don't even start me on chicken dogs. That was like a whole thing with my family. When I was growing up, my mom decided that we're going to still eat hot dogs all the time, but they're going to be healthy hot dogs now. And oh, there's no. Nothing, nothing worse than a chicken dog except for the fact and this is this is totally not planned but you set me off with your condescension brad yes uh my mom used to bake hot dogs in the oven cover them with barbecue sauce and parmesan cheese that's fancy you know what <laughs> she we still to use, does it you know what we use <laughs> chicken dogs for here at the williams household we would cut them into the tiniest of slivers and then cut them into quarters and use them as treats when we were training our dogs dogs would go crazy for these things <laughs> they're like more nitrates that's amazing <laughs> of course i'll sit still god there's nothing worse but you are not there's a anything dog. worse than a podcast <laughs> if there's anything worse than a a podcast network ad it, it's it's a chicken hot dog anyway <laughs> Lest we digress more, are you ready to choke on some really bad music? Oh, it's not all bad. This first one is, listen to Don Ho. Yes, Don Ho, cover Shock the Monkey by Peter Gabriel. Fox the Fox, red on a rat, you got APA, I know about that. That's pretty bad. Jeff in Minnesota sent us this. I'm tempted to never open any more emails from Jeff in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, they need to go in a special folder. It doesn't sound like Don Ho. Really? Who does it sound like to you? I don't know. I, to be honest, I can't. If someone said imitate Don Ho, I, it ain't Tiny Bubbles. That's all I can say. Yeah, but it didn't. He doesn't sound like Tiny Bubbles. It sounds like I don't know. Yeah, tiny chicken hot dogs. Maybe it's zombie anyway. Don Ho. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty yeah, it bad. Could, so where where did this come from? About twenty years ago, there was an album called When Pigs Fly, conjured up probably in a nitrate field dream by a musician by the name of Seven Soling, which is a great name. It is, unless you want people to be able to but, pronounce it. Right, especially after having a, a bourbon or two. It's a collection of popular songs recorded by artists considered unlikely to cover them. So basically, it's the entire show. Other tunes on the album included The Fix singing Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Were Made for Walking, Billy Preston covering Girls on Film. Uh, I, I can't wrap my mind around this. Uh, the Billy Preston Girls on Film is it's it's not quite as weird as this, but it's pretty weird. Yeah. In my mind... There's a reason to do a cover song. Like, it's an homage to a band that meant something to you growing up that sure. is an inspiration, that maybe inspired your entry into the industry. It's not supposed to be a punchline. Yeah, but I, I get mean, the there feeling is that's a, what this is. There is a genre of cover that's like that. Like, if you look at Richard Cheese's entire catalog, uh, you know, his cover of Bust a Move, he, I think he does a uh, Fight for Your Right to Party. The whole thing is like, oh, look, it's a lounge singer doing, you know, white man rap songs and you know i i don't want to take anything away from mr cheese i do laugh at his music but like you say it's kind of like what's is that just a single joke here what's going on yeah i don't know i mean when, when i was in a band back in the 80s we played a lot of cover songs but we, we pretty much played them straight up right and you're not a covers band by the way really no 
you know, it was something that we connected with that we thought we enjoyed playing and bands that we admired. We didn't really do our own version of them. The only time we ever did our own version of anything was we had some song about goths mm. <laughs> and goths in the rain. And it had this beat that reminded some people of Last Train to Clarksville. <laughs> so <laughs> the the last time we played it live, which I think was probably in the 90s, early 90s, it was at some some horrible club, and there was maybe 15 people there. Song ends, and the lead singer just goes right into Last Train to Clarksville at, at the supersonic <laughs> speed that we were already playing our homage to Goths in the Rain. Nice. And, and it was nice. And we ended the show. And, it's uh, too fast. That was the end of Epic Trash. But that that's it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't go all Don Ho on anybody, but... Well, that's probably just as well. Who didn't want to be part of the monkeys? So, yeah, we did it for the right reason, and we did it. We did it once, and that was it. You got so, in, you got I out. I don't mean to go on a rant here. And scene. And that's the show this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strangely enough, maybe Shock the Monkey isn't the weirdest song we have. Brad, what's next on our list of weird oh, cover songs? Gosh. Guys, you guys, I'm sorry about this. Cincinnati Joe sent this one in. This is Pat Boone covering Van Halen's Panama. Come back. What's that sound? Here she comes. Foot tapping top down. Hot shoe burning down the avenue. Model citizen. Zero discipline. Hey, don't you know she's coming home with me? You're a loser in the turf. I'll get up. Panama. I vaguely remember this. Uh, yeah, it's funny because this is one of those where your you know memory isn't quite what it should be. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure I remember the talking about this on the podcast. <laughs> well, you know, this album came out in '97, which is a little bit before the podcast started. In 97, Pat Boone released an album called In a Metal Mood, No More Mr. Nice Guy. And if I remember correctly, it's got him on the cover with like a leather vest on. It does. Sweet Jesus, this is so bad. This is my favorite Van Halen <laughs> song. And he just he just guts it like a fish and leaves, the, leaves it on the ground. There's other songs on here that are worse. But for some reason, I don't know what it is about Van Halen songs, but they seem to be picked upon for weird cover versions more than most artists. I think everyone adores Eddie Van Halen and wants to chance even in a joking way to play his guitar parts. Well, and I, I think that the way that David Lee Roth sings, it invites parody. You make a good point. Other songs in this album I remember were uh, Holy Diver by Dio, Paradise City <laughs> by Guns N' Roses. It, oh, it's kind even. of a joke album. It's kind of a joke album, but it did chart, making it, Pat's first charting album in 35 years. Oh. So wait a minute. So that's 97. So it's 1962 was the last time he had a charting album? Good I grief, don't know. dude. I, I'm just, I pull I mean, this stuff off the internet. I don't fact check it. <laughs> points for being alive still, Pat Boone. Points for being alive. Yeah. Is he still, is he still alive today? I, I don't think I was so. I just about to check that. According to Wikipedia, he is an American singer, not was an American God, he's singer. He's old. Born in 1934, so yeah, he's 86. Oh my 86. God, he's a native Floridian. I should have known. 
It's all lining up, isn't it? It's all starting to, all the tumblers yeah. are clicking into place. Far too, far too quickly. Here's our next song. This, this one's going to really boil your noodle. <laughs> this is uh, suggested by our really good friend, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Halifax sent us this one. He's also on my do not reply to list for the, for the next month after this. This one will haunt my dreams and yours. It's Dove Man performing the, <laughs> I can't even say performing footloose. You're playing so cool. Obeying every rule. Dig way down in your heart. You're yearning, burning for something. Okay, so Brad, are you familiar with Dove Man? It's not a superhero. Um, only, yeah, he defends the birds of the city. Wait, no, that's Pigeon Man. I'm sorry. No, I'm more familiar with Pigeon Man. Only my light reading that I did to prep for this show, which is to say 30 seconds on his Wikipedia right. so, page. So Dove Man is a Harlem-based musician slash poet by the name. And I think we should really lean on the word poet. Uh, his real name is uh, Thomas Bartlett. Yeah. And he covered the entire Footloose soundtrack. As the story goes, as I read it, he was inspired by a childhood friend whose half-sister died in the 80s. Already I'm kind of a little suspect. Many years later, the friend found a tape of Footloose among her things. He asked Doveman to cover the album. To nobody's surprise, Doveman had never heard of Footloose. He, he was born in 1981. I, I don't think that is an uh, adequate apology. Yeah, that's not enough. Not enough for me, Pigeon Man. I mean, Dove Man. <laughs> when I listen to this, I'm like, I know this sound. I know this sound. This is the sound like I would sing if I was completely whacked out of my mind on Wild Turkey and I had three breaths to breathe before a certain death. <laughs> like, I could see calling you on the phone like it. Well, my time would only be like around 1030 at night because I, I go to bed. Yeah, like in like yeah. 20 minutes from now. And you'd be like. Steve? Steve? And I'd be like, tonight I gotta cut loose, foot loose. Steve, are you okay? <laughs> I think it's safe to say that the uh, the lyric delivery is lacking a certain urgency one might associate with yes. a peppy song like Footloose. If he's kicking off his Sunday shoes, he's they're not coming off till Wednesday. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I digress. You're not wrong. I, I like, Steve. I like the, I like the visual, wrong. though. I will say there's something about the vibe of this that I like, but it's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. And I didn't listen to the rest of the album, so I, like maybe you know maybe holding out for a hero is really something I'm strong. Holding, I'll let you guys know. Holding out. I mean, <laughs> if he's not channeling his inner redneck, boombox having, cowboy hat wearing tractor chicken fighting self then it's just not going to be there how long would it take him to do a ballad i mean i imagine almost paradise takes like three hours for him to sing it's like a Mahler <laughs> symphony it's not Mahler. nobody gets that reference anyway uh what's the next song on the list brad the next one is from our friend dave augie august and i think you're all gonna like this this is a nice nice little seltzer in the middle of a hot day this is metalachi playing crazy train Metal- 
Metalachi is a heavy metal mariachi band act. They apparently were in in the running in season 10 of America's Got Talent, but they were eliminated. I can't figure out why. There's so much to like here. There's horns, there's strings, there's weird skulls on people's hats. I mean, you got to yeah, see yeah. the video for this thing. It's it's mind-blowing. I didn't really watch America's Got Talent very often, so I don't really know the format, but from what I read, Metalachi like they got through the first round like it was a split vote, but they, you know, they like 3 to 2 or Two to uh, one, whatever the judging thing was, and then they mysteriously just disappeared from the contest before the judges cut. So it wasn't like they were eliminated per se; they just kind of hmm. not TV that, friendly. That enough midnight mist network. Someone in standards and practices took one look at those hats and were like, yeah. "Oh no, oh no, not in prime time. We're selling Procter and Gamble stuff in prime time. You got to get that stuff right. off the screen." Sorry, boys, you just didn't get the votes. Oh, too bad. Real close. You just you have to ask yourself: Is this the kind of band that would sell chicken hot dogs? <laughs> I should hope not. I can feel my blood pressure rising already from all the uh, uh, just got just talking about all the sodium in the hot dogs. Yeah, I just okay. I, okay. Bring us home, Steve. Okay, this is the only song on the list that I would actually pay money to download. Are you ready? You, are you wondering? Wow, what it could be? High praise indeed. I don't know if it's high praise. I have a very questionable uh, catalog of music that I've paid to download. <laughs> so this is Johnny Cash performing the Depeche Mode epic, Personal Jesus. Your own personal Jesus. Someone to hear your prayers. Someone who cares. Your own personal Jesus someone to hear your prayers someone who's there I love this song I don't know why nobody should it, it works it just works Johnny Cash has so much juice any song he chooses to do it just becomes this it's it's his song now yeah yeah so in 2002 Johnny Cash Covered it for his album called, I think it's called American Four, if I'm reading my Roman numerals right, which I don't know. American Four, The Man Comes Around. So there you go. Yeah, which is all covers, actually. It's his Ivan Drago tribute album. So. <laughs> um, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> if he sings it, he sings it. The idea to cover the song was suggested by Rick Rubin everybody's favorite record producer cash called it quote probably the most evangelical gospel song i've ever recorded unquote fact check true yeah you listen to it straight like he sings it and you're like yeah this is a song of faith it absolutely is it's it's a great song i I like i like his version i like depeche's i I will say i don't know if you have you heard this album have you heard the rest of the song no but i want probably the second best song on there when his cover of nine inch nails is hurt is it will rip the soul out of your body and put it with the fish that Pat Boone killed Panama with. That doesn't make any sense at all. I know, but but I love the visual. It's amazing. (laughs) Trent Reznor himself is like, that's not my song anymore. It's Johnny Cash's song. I just like the idea of my removed soul sitting next to fish entrails. Hmm. It kind Uh, of wipes away the whole chicken hot dog thing I had going on. (laughs) You know what else wipes away chicken hot dogs, Steve? (laughs) I do. The The Seggies. 
Ah, the non-mystical refrain that we like to refer to as listener mailbag. We haven't had one of these in a while. It's true. I don't know why. Because uh, we suck. We read your mail. I mean, we read everything people send us. A couple of weeks ago, though, we we had a uh, story. We had a podcast where we talked about our shameful car stories, Brad and I. Right. And mine was the, the Chevy Cadaver. Right. And before that, it was the duct tape mobile. And mine was a GLC yeah. uh, station wagon. Four speed. Oh, yeah. Dave Akiyakis has picked up the baton, as you will. Oi. Uh, why don't you read the uh, that letter? No ad necessary. Here's the letter. Dave writes, my shameful 80s car is a 1981 Dodge Omni. <laughs> yes, for those who thought the Chevette was crap, Dodge had to try to outcrap it with the Omni. I wonder if they were going for the sci-fi magazine crowd with that car. I don't know. Maybe. I had no money, and picking these up used even shortly after they came out became quite the bargain because nobody wanted them. I ended up getting a hold of one for about $400. There's 40,000 miles on it, and apparently that was too many. Immediately, things went from bad to worse. I've never seen a car where the upholstery slid off. Not ripped. Not worn, not even cracking. <laughs> Literally, the upholstery just sagged and began to stretch and slide. Soon, the entire driver's seat cover just slid off the car one day when I was getting out. <laughs> but that was not as I'm bad sorry. as the radio that overheated so much it scorched the dashboard. It was so hot it melted a copy of Quiet Riot's Metal Health into the cassette player. So rather than messing with it, we taped a boombox to the floor of the car. The manual transmission linkage was constructed so poorly that to keep it in gear, I had to mount a piece of wood as a spacer. I used a leg off my grandmother's old floor console TV. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, why is the TV so wobbly? Calm down, Grandma. I'll get you your juice. Then there was the paint. They must have painted this car with tempura because I have never seen a car with flake paint and rust spots with so few miles on it. I was also not going to dip into the much-needed beer money, so we took labels off of beer bottles and used them to cover the many paintless and rusty spots. We then weatherproofed them by slathering them with polyurethane I had left over from my Pinewood Derby car days. (laughs) So, shiny, yellowing beer labels on a car being driven by a young adult that drank a lot of beer. Probably not the best idea. Eventually, I decided to put this hideous monstrosity out of her misery and do it in a blaze of glory. My friends and I took a hillbilly-rigged nitrous setup for another buddy's car and put it into this wannabe Chevette for the local drag races. With tunes cranking as tinny as possible on that cheap boombox, beer stickers prominently displayed, and sitting on a bare foam seat, the Omni Monster and I were pitted against someone's Mustang Mach 1. The race started off well, or as well as could be expected. It lurched forward like never before, and the transmission held. But in short order, the intake blew and the engine was destroyed. Smoke came billowing out of the hood that was quickly turning from a pleasant Michelob and Lowenbrow sticker tint to soot black. This was my cue to exit the vehicle. With boombox in hand, we are the champions blaring. My friends arrived with fire extinguishers and that was that. It was an appropriately shitty death for the shittiest car I ever had. Still stuck in the 80s, Augie. Wow. That that's amazing. I dare 80s Nation to come up with better stories than that one. We want your stories, actually. Everyone, if you don't mind, in your spare time. Please. <laughs> yeah, what else you got to do? You're not commuting. I know. Send us your shameful car stories. 
and uh, we'll we'll turn it into either it'll either be an ongoing seggy or maybe a whole show depending on uh, it just may be a get. motif. <laughs> I have three points for this letter. Okay, one, this letter reminds me of the old Jim Anchower columns in the Onion. Do you remember that? The I do kind not. of stoner dude column. No. Oh, they're so funny. Hola, amigo. Sorry, it's been a while. Also, of course, it reminded me very much of the Adam Sandler song, Piece of Shit Car, which I think proves the point that something can be funnier with beeps than with the actual swear words. And if a girly sees my car, there's no chance I'll ever bang her. Hey, shut up. And third thing, and I think most importantly, that's not a shitty death for a car. It's a freaking Viking funeral. I want to go out like that. Well, we can arrange that. Okay. I, well, that sounds okay. like motive, which I really shouldn't have given, but that's fine. <laughs> sounds like motive. <laughs> that email address again, podcast at sit80s.com. I would never kill you, Brad, unless you made a horrific mistake on the podcast. It's a mistake. Well, that's awkward, isn't it? <laughs> oh, hey, this is um, this is our segment where we um, we own up to the mistakes that we've made in previous shows. Brad, you got something you want to uh, say? Yeah, last show I might have made a claim that CDs came out in 1985. Brad, you ignorant slut! I'm pretty sure I did, and then I immediately dove into a rant about the warm analog sound. Um. Yeah, that's not right. Listener Terry in Perth, Australia emails, guys, 1985 for CD? No, 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 no. October 1982. Sure, unaffordable in 1982, but quite affordable by 1985. So, yeah, I screwed up there. You did screw up, though, right? As always, we want your corrections. Just send them to podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, one of my favorite tunes. It's time for I Want My Mystery TV theme song. Again, I'm aided by the fact that I actually wrote it down this week. Uh, we'll play a oh. snippet of a song from the TV series of our choice from the 80s. Actually, not our choice. Crispy Critter supplies us with all these wonderful tunes. Pay attention. Here was the mystery tune from two shows ago. That's the theme to My Sister Sam. Everything starts like a knock at the door. You don't know what it is, but you know who it's for. That's the way we began in this world. Inside, oh, something, something must be right. I have zero recollection of this, Brad. <laughs> um, I remember those words strung together in the TV guide, but I didn't ever see it. Yeah, did it would be more surprising. Someday we're going to come across one of these shows, and I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I watch it all the time, and everyone listening is going to fall off their bicycle or whatever it is they're doing. Like, what? Brad saw a TV show? I don't know who watched less TV, me or you. I mean, it's it. we kind of fight it out for last place. Kind of a race to the bottom here, isn't it? Just like the podcast no. is every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly like the podcast <laughs> is every week. Okay, um, read some of the winners. 
Winners this week include Joseph Perdue, Brian Pond, John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, Bart Kopp from West Des Moines, Iowa, Brock in North Dakota, Mrs. Trader Shan, Matt D. in Oregon, Apology Accepted, Captain Nita, and yes. Todd Pletz, yes. who has been waiting two years for his bottle opener. I swear it's in the mail, Todd. I put it in the mail yesterday for the second time. <laughs> I'm just happy that Captain Nita's back. Did I tell you the post office returned an envelope to me saying it had insufficient postage? I'm like, you're wrong. I turned it back around. Really? Interesting. Well, the post office yeah. never makes mistakes. so No. I think they anyway. thought it was a package, but it's clearly an envelope. Spin the wheel. Let's find out who gets some uh, postal-friendly bottle openers. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah, not too many names. Small wheel. There should be like a theme song instead of the wheel, but the wheel is what we've got. Feel free, by the way, to send us new sound effects if you want something besides the spinning wheel. It's going to end up on Bart Kopp from West Des Moines, Iowa. Send us your postal address, and we will send you a postal-friendly bottle opener sometime in the next month. Can we, can we commit to that, yeah. Brad? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm staying on top of it right now. I'm working from home permanently as long as I'm in my current position. So you know, I guess I could go to the post office and st- send stuff. I, I swear that if you post photos of your swag on social media with the hashtag SIT80s, we're going to pick some of you. We're going to send you some nice uh, you know, bonus prizes. But so far, I think only one person has done it. So I don't know if to thank you or to condemn you. Sad. <laughs> Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sits.com. Ah, I like to linger when the show is almost over. And tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Like I said, we'll be taking a week off, I presume. And uh, we'll be back with our 15th anniversary show. Still working on that. And uh, we'll work on a part two of weird cover songs maybe a part three if you send in some more songs i know we've got some weird ones i know we've got enough already for part two but will we get enough for part three we'll see what do you think time shall tell it's a distinct possibility i really want to find some like really just disturbed ones but they still have to be like they can't just be some college band you're just giving us a youtube video it has to be like a recorded you know version I'm, i'm making chopping uh, gestures with my hands, but you can't see it because this is a purely audio experience. Thankfully. I promise. I'm just going to eat some hot dogs and go to sleep now. But in the meantime, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Ah.